Welcome to Live the Fuel. Welcome to Live Welcome the Fuel. To Live the Fuel. Focusing on health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today, I am recording an exciting new episode because I'm bringing on a gentleman that we've met through the power of social media, uh, Facebook groups, and just uh, fellow followers of a podcast that I've mentioned a couple times on this show, a gentleman that I've had on this show many, many times by the name of Vinny Tortorich of Fitness Confidential. And uh, this gentleman I'm bringing on today has an a has a powerful story to share with you guys. I am no longer just this guy, just the crazy host telling you guys to cut sugar out of your life. He's got a pretty powerful sugar-free journey of his own because his brand is called mysugarfreejourney.com. But this gentleman, after turning 40 years old, realized that his health was in serious trouble. And he decided to make some serious changes. So he was over 400 pounds. I mean, guys, 400 pounds. He had a blood pressure of 200 over 160. And after some trial and error, he realized, wait a minute, uh, from not eating sugar to sugar or grains, ketogenic diet, he figured out some things, okay? And now a comfortable ketogenic diet has been implemented with intermittent fasting. So now he has lost over 200 pounds. And I believe, because I just got on his show, I believe it's actually been in the past three years, but we're going to have him clarify it for you guys today so you know who you're dealing with. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. Welcome Aaron Farmer to the show of MySugarFreeJourney.com. Hey, Scott. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited about this. I'm excited, sir, because I'm a... newer to the ketogenic, well, not really, because I've actually been living a ketogenic lifestyle and didn't realize it and uh, explain to people what ketosis was. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. That was a big deal. Be thanks to learning that from Vinny because right. he's got his cancer survival story. Mm-hmm. But now a gentleman like yourself, when our, our listeners go to your site, they're like, wait a minute. Like you, they see your before and after photo. They, mm-hmm. they see the content you've posted on your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a hell of a story to share, sir. I mean, you've lost some serious weight. You've restored some serious health changes. I mean, I, I like to use the word restore. Yeah. So oh, I gave good. you an intro, but like, let's catch up our listeners, sir. What, what a transformation. Yeah, thank you so much. So what I'm doing now is I'm putting a picture of me up to the camera just so people can see my before. Yeah, and you know what? While you're doing that, um, yeah. go ahead. I'm actually going to share that. So I'll okay. actually go ahead and save some work for you and let you actually have the, uh, the evening off and you can just talk for us. But I'm going to go ahead and share... For our YouTubers, okay. here's this gentleman's website, and then oh, I'm that. actually going to bring in... Hold on, sir. So fancy. Uh, you know, sometimes. Uh, but actually, hold on. Yeah, I'm out there gonna, in the corner. You here, see oh, there we go. Actually, your, your website automatically pans a before and after right there. Ah, so yeah. I love that. Like, you're literally half the man you were. In a good I'm way. Literally half the man I used to be. Yeah, I, that's that's I think that's what I titled one of my uh, one of my posts. But yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. I was, um, in fact, that picture. It's funny because I look at him now, but that that after picture was probably thirty pounds ago, and then the after picture that's up in my banner up in the top uh, right hand corner. You can't see it right now, but the, the after picture's up in my top. Yeah, right let me corner. let me zoom right out here. It was probably fifty pounds ago, so I actually don't have a current <laughs> after picture. So th- uh, up this there. upper right-hand corner one that I'm zooming in on now for yeah. our video feed. That's probably 250. I was probably about 250 pounds there. And you're down to 200 now. Or no, well, no, you just said 30. So you're, 
Are you literally down to 170? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, I was about 250 pounds there. I was okay. about 230 pounds in this in the picture, you know, down below. Okay. And uh, currently, I'm about 196 or seven. Or something you broke like that. the 200 number, bro. Yeah, I did. I wow. Did. And let's yeah. be real for our listeners, real quick. It is not a big deal if you weigh over 200 pounds. It just depends on your body type, your lifestyle, your fitness levels, etc. But for this gentleman. I have a feeling breaking that 200 number was, I think, really important to you, wasn't it? It was the big goal of of what I was doing. I wanted to get under 200 pounds, and now that I'm under 200 pounds, you know, now, now I want to get under 190. But, um, but you're you're right about it not being a big deal if you're over 200 pounds, as long as a lot of that 200 pounds is, say, muscle or mm. yo. But or um, maybe you have a denser bone structure than some people, because there is such a thing as a, a bone sure. density difference. But my issue wasn't bone density. My issue wasn't anything. My issue was just a whole lot of fat, especially around my midsection. As we both know, it's the fat around the midsection that does the most metabolic damage. Mm -hmm. And uh, like most men, I carried my, I carried my fat in my gut. You know, I just had a, I just had a big old belly. If I can see that after picture there, I just, just had a big old belly. You know, it was just, it was always sticking out. And I wore size sixty pants at one at one time, and you know, uh, just, uh, you know, it was just. It was just, it was just a mess. Uh, and the big deal for me, the one, the, the, the really, really scary thing was that blood pressure because that was, there was a, a moment of clarity when I realized that, um, that my, uh, both of my maternal grandparents had very high blood pressure and it killed them at a very young age. Mm. And I bet you, or I don't know for sure, but I can almost guarantee you that neither one of them had a blood pressure to 200 over 160, mm. you know? them a high blood pressure was probably 150 over something you know sure uh, they're, they're a different never, generation different lifestyle yeah, i never i've never met anyone who had a blood pressure of 200 over 160 uh, admittedly when i saw those numbers in your bio i was like uh yeah that's a new uh ratio for me to even think about the there was one point in time where i was having uh i was having um just, I was feeling it wasn't chest pains. I was just feeling flushed, and I felt like maybe I needed to uh, I needed to to get some help. And um, uh, we called the paramedics. <clears throat> paramedics came, and uh, first of all, they couldn't they they didn't have a cuff big enough for my arm. They had to do it for my leg. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That, that's not what it was. First, they did it for my arm, and they didn't believe the numbers they were getting. So then they put a, a leg cuff on to make sure that I was uh, that that the numbers they were seeing was were accurate. But when these when these uh, paramedics tested my blood sugar, or tested my blood pressure, sorry, it was 237 over 190. Um, 237 and, over 190. Yeah. And when they and, tested it, wow. And the poor, poor paramedics just didn't even know what to do with that. They were like, oh, goodness, um, let's go ahead and take you to the hospital because we're, you know, we're pretty sure you're about to have a heart attack. Hmm. Uh, and for whatever reason, probably because I was, you know, I was young at 40. Uh, I've never had a heart attack. I've never had a cardiovascular event. Thank God, you know, but, but I was certainly putting myself at risk for one. <clears throat> yeah. And, and real quick, I mean, just because you and I are both living in the podcast world with technology and for our listeners, I noticed that your mic is cutting in and out. Do you happen to know if that's just a connection issue or if it's like sometimes you're perfect and sometimes you're fading out and guys, Hey, to our listeners, this happens. You should listen to Vinny Twitter, show because he's got like literally a million downloads a month. The guy's got tech issues 
all the time and he hates it. It's hilarious listening to him get frustrated. <laughs> all right, let me look here because I don't see anything. No, it just seemed like it was like you're good and then you fade out and then you're good and you fade out. So oh, just... you know what it, you know what it is. I, I I think I know what it is. Uh, sometimes I just sometimes I get right, I get way back here and then I get back here and I'm not very good about eating the microphone. So let me just. Oh sure. yes, or as a buddy of mine, Michael O'Neill of the Solopreneur Hour talks about. He likes to tell people, you got to have the mic t tickle your whiskers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have the whiskers, so we can. Yeah. But if you don't I'll want to tickle your whiskers, that's fine. I'll just turn your gain up a little bit because I got a soundboard here and I can, I can, I can increase you if I have to. So, yeah. Well, it's just what I need to do is stay at the same distance so that it's always, always the same. Well, only because I do, not just for our listeners, we care about audio quality. You have a show, sure. I have a show. But, but also, Absolutely. it's like, you got a heck of a story here, man. And I don't want to yeah. miss any of it. All right, because we didn't really sure. get to dig heavily into your story when I came on your show earlier this week because you were trying to learn stuff from me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, now I got to get back on your show because I, or you have to come on my show because I need to hear this journey. And I heard it on Vinny's, but our yeah. listeners need to hear this, man. Like, they Absolutely. need to understand why I preach the importance of cutting sugar from your yeah. life. Yep. I'm a, well, I'm a huge believer in that. I, you know, I think sugar is really kind of the big. The big dietary, you know, evil that we've allowed into into the into the system. And if you're only eating, you know, was a hundred years ago, we were eating four pounds of sugar a year. If you're only eating four pounds of sugar a year, fine. But it, that's not what's happening anymore. No, now There's it's like monthly. Everything. Yeah, I mean, we're we're it's just in everything. Um, and you know, I live here in the South. It wasn't uncommon to put two cups of of sugar in a uh, in a gallon of tea, you know, and and drink that drink that with dinner. Oh, I remember when I. Uh... Let's see, end of 99, 2000, I moved down to South Carolina for a little bit, and I learned what sweet tea was. Oh, yeah. Got to <laughs> have sweet the, tea. The Southerners, man, they, you guys love your sweet tea. Absolutely. And, now, granted, you're Southwest, but I'm like, I'm guessing you guys got sweet tea in Texas? Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. All right. That's part of the West or South. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, it is frustrating because Vinny talks about on his show, too, like, why does it have to be south of the Mason-Dixon line? But it is kind of interesting that – there is some rampant, is this too strong of a state? Is there a rampant obesity epidemic oh, south yeah. of Mason-Dixon line? Am I saying that too strongly? No, you're not. Um, and part of it is because, uh, part of it is because of culture. Part of it is because of uh, the environment. You know, uh, Colorado, in fact, I was just reading this in Dr. Lustig's book, I want to say. Yeah. So Colorado is is the least obese state in the union, uh, but it's also the state that's uh, at the highest elevation. So there is a correlation between, you know, living at a high, uh, high elevation with the cool temperatures versus and, and being leaner versus being at a lower elevation and uh, uh, warmer temperatures and you being fatter. So for whatever reason, there's a correlation there for, with environment. But well, I can back you up. I live there. Thing. Yeah. Okay. It's not the that's not the main reason that we're so fat in the South. Uh, the main reason is uh, that we're number one. Uh, it's not just an obesity epidemic. It's a poverty epidemic. We're, we just have a whole lot of poverty here, especially in the minority communities. And uh, that was one of the things that that was one of the reasons why I was so fat. Is because when you're poor, you're just trying to get the cheapest cheapest food that you can get and the cheapest food that you can get is always these carbohydrates and these high sugar foods because that's what the sh that's what the government has subsidized you know oh yeah because it's got the government and because i grew up as a farm i could back you up here if you don't okay. mind me jumping in real no, quick go ahead. the grains have been yeah. subsidized since the great droughts 
of many, many years ago. And they stepped in to save farming, right? Because we have to feed our country. We have to feed America. That was their huge campaign. Again, I'm a marketing guy, right? There was campaign saying, feed America, you know, and you had to save the farms. They had to step in and subsidize it. So it was like, all right, well, let's, 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 let's restore our fields and, and build irrigation systems. And, and it's, it has been an amazing feat. Let's be real. I mean, the modern farming compared to where it was is quite impressive. Yeah. The unfortunate side effect of it was they subsidized the wrong crops. <laughs> I mean, they subsidized corn and rice and Wheat. everything is grains. And it's like, yep. guys, like that's not like even, even at, growing up on a farm, like cattle, when I was a kid, yeah, we fed them some grain, but we grew alfalfa in the fields up here yeah. in Pennsylvania. Right. So I look in the fields around where I live here now and I drive, I can drive two minutes down the road and I'm surrounded by beautiful fields mm-hmm. and I'm just, I'm only, 10 minutes out of downtown of Allentown, Pennsylvania, out of the city, but I have fields around me. All I see year in and year out, it, they're, they're doing crop rotation. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. that, you know, that's good. You know, it's good for the soil, right? right. What are they rotating? I'm gonna give you two, I'll give you three grasses. Get, guess two crops that are hugely financed by our government that they're using right now. I'm sure it's, you know, wheat, corn, and, and another grain. Yeah. So wheat, corn, soybean. Soybean. Oh, that was the other one. Yeah, yeah soybean. Yeah. Huh? So yeah. all as I see right now, all those fields this year, soybean. Last yeah. year, corn. Yep. Year before, soybean. Yep. Year before that, wheat. Yep. <laughs> so and there you go. It is worth noting that you know what you're saying here is that the government has a uh, the government has a a an, a vested uh, interest in pushing the uh, the consumption of more wheat, more corn, you know, and more soybeans because that's what they that's what they're funding, and they need to get more of that as much of that into the into the into the food supply as they can because that su- that suppresses food prices, and they don't want nobody in the government wants food prices to be a political issue. Right. You know, nobody wants them to. Nobody wants someone to have to you know, a vote to be dependent on the price of bread. You know, when you get look at Venezuela right now or Zimbabwe several years ago where people were just having, you know, taking wheelbarrows of money around to try to buy a loaf of bread, you know, we don't want that. So, so I understand, I understand why they did it, but we have to know what they're doing too, so that we can make more intelligent decisions. So that like when the American Heart Association puts out a notice saying, Hey, don't eat coconut oil. It's dangerous. Oh man. the background on that is if you're not eating coconut oil, you're probably going to be eating canola oil, which is, you know, which is uh, something that the government has a, has a, uh, has an, a vested interest in you eating because they're, they're subsidizing all these soybeans. It's where the canola oil comes from. Oh, when that publication came out, I immediately reached out to some of my key influencer co-hosts I've had on the show and, and like, guys, like if you're game, like get back on ASAP, I will push out all my other pre-recorded episodes. We need to attack this misinformation yeah. now because Absolutely. you and I have become, let's, let's be real. I want to emphasize this. We've become educated consumers. Mm-hmm. You and I at different levels, at different points in the timeline, we're not as educated as we are now. Right. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So um, maybe I got educated a little bit sooner than you did. Right. So it doesn't matter. The point we're making here is, and you already hinted at it, was get educated. You need to be yep. the educated consumer. Don't blindly follow things and just assume that you're following the sad diet. FYI, guys, that's the standard American diet. Right. That is sad. 
It is not healthy. It is not nutritious. Okay, you got to get self-educated. And that's why I reached out to my influencers. I'm like, guys, like, let's get back on this coconut oil thing is BS. It's, yep. it's got the wrong influence. It's got the wrong education. They don't, they're not focusing on the right, healthy. Uh, I mean, you, you jump in on this. I feel like I'm talking too much. Like, what, no, what, is, what is healthy about coconut oil? I mean, you're not, even, you're not a doctor, sir, but let's go ahead and jump in because you and I are educated consumers. Right. What is healthy about coconut oil? Well, the the let let me talk about soybean oil just for for a minute for canola oil. Mm. Um, when we're talking about any kind of polyunsaturated fat, you know, polyunsaturated fat is only supposed to be a very very small percentage of our of our diet, like uh, about eight mm. percent. Even then, you, it, that is supposed to be evenly split between omega three and omega six fatty acids uh, for for a proper proper balance. Well, the, the, the canola oil is all omega-6 uh, fatty acids, which is a natural inflammatory oil. And one of the issues that we have isn't just that we have too much polyunsaturated fat in our, in our diet. It's also that it's almost all omega-6 fatty acids. So omega-6 fatty acids come from, uh, come from uh, grains and grasses. I'm sorry, grains and, um, and, uh, well, I guess it's grains and things that eat grains. So when you're dealing with soybean oil or, uh, you know, corn oil or vegetable oil, you're dealing with a, with an oil that has a high percentage of omega-6 fatty acids. You start getting that balance off and really, really terrible things start happening to your body. Number one, I'd already mentioned that it's, that it's an inflammatory oil in mm-hmm. It's the inflammation. It's not the plaque. It's not the cholesterol. It's not the, you know, the all the, the crazy stuff that we've heard about heart disease. It's the inflammation that is the main driver of heart disease. Well, and a, a response on that is the plaque is a result of inflammation. It is not exactly. from cholesterol. And what you're talking exactly. about right now, to our listeners, guys, Aaron is preaching the gospel here. And I'm not a religious guy. All right, guys. <laughs> I can, and just so if you guys needed to pause right now and say, you know what, if I had to go research or understand, you know, can I trust what he's saying, right? Okay. If you guys are followers of this show, go back to, because I already hinted that I pushed out a bunch of episodes and brought in a bunch of influencers who know what they're talking about. Sports right. nutritionist Aaron Sparrow from episode 86. We talked about coconut oil and everything he's talking about right now. Uh, episode 87, right after that, I brought back on Dr. Anthony J to discuss that. We talked about inflammatory AHA, coconut oil, and sugar. Just what you're talking about, Aaron. Absolutely. And then right after that, brought on the paleocardiologist, a heart doctor, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jack Wolfson, to discuss the same exact point. Again, that show is titled The AHA's Deadly Coconut Oil versus Dr. Jack Wolfson, right? So mm-hmm. you're not saying anything that hasn't already been said. That's kind of my point. Yeah. So just because you don't have the word doctor or sports nutritionist, whatever those letters are after your name, it's right. okay. Because yep. you've become self-educated. Exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, anyone can do this. There's, uh, there's a wealth of information out there. Uh, the hard part is picking and choosing which, <laughs> which to listen to. That's, that's the difficult part. But it becomes easier once you, uh, once you understand the financial interests of the people who, uh, who are saying different things. And that was the big problem I had with the AHA's recommendation was they didn't disclose that they're getting a huge amount of money from the, the soybean uh, council. Um, to, it's to, a cash crop. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And it's just terrible that they've done this. And once you start understanding, like I said, once you, once you start following the money, it becomes a little bit clearer. And it's terrible that we cannot trust what our government has to say about diet. It's terrible that we have to 
track this money. We have to understand that your, or I guess the American Heart Association isn't technically a government um, That's thing. Not. But, it's lobby, uh, per Vinnie Tortorich, per Dr. Jack Wolfson, uh, they've said the exact statement of, it is a lobbyist group. It yeah, is not it is. a government department. It's it a is. lobbyist group. And I think that's, that's probably, because it has the veneer of, of, you know, an official. Oh, yeah, you throw the word American in front of it. You yeah. throw the word association at the end of it, like the American Diabetes Association, the American right. Heart Association. We feel like they have branded themselves as supposedly a respectable organization that we're supposed to be able to trust and follow. And it's not, unfortunately, very, very good. <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it's telling that these big organizations that have a lot of, a lot of clout uh, are the ones that are number one, they're beholden to uh, different financial interests, but number two, they're giving us in almost every single case, the wrong information. Now I understand why they're doing it because it, the whole heart uh, fat heart, um, fat, uh, you know, hypothesis that came out in the fifties, they followed that they ran with it. And I understand that, that it was based on bad information that was pushed as gospel, you know, 50, 60 years ago, but you know, the science has changed, uh, you know, yes. th things have, things have moved forward. We, we have a much better understanding of what it is that we need to eat to be healthy and we should be willing to evolve, uh, to that. You know, I always tell people that we live in a post Nina Teicholz world. Um, you know, when real she quick wrote, for our listeners, I haven't had her on this show yet and she's yeah. on my gets, but real quick, why is she so important? Because she wrote the definitive book that, uh, that, that outlines what happened with that whole, you know, diet heart hypothesis. And I'm so correct. Wrote, That's the big fat surprise, big fat surprise. Boom. It is probably the most important book. If, if you, if you want to get into this way of eating, but the stigma of a high fat diet kind of worries you, that's the book that you need to, to read. Um, not because it has a ton of science, although it does. Oh yeah. She's legit, man. She yeah. is a researching PhD freaking nutball. I mean, it's impressive. Amazing. But the most impressive part of, about her book is that she walks you through the series of events that took you into, um, that took America down this road of, of thinking that saturated fat was bad. And when you see the comedy of errors, the, the, uh, the role of money and the role of misinformation, and really honestly, the role of one guy, Ansel Keys, who was just this cheerleader for his hypothesis, how he would cook the, uh, the data and present things that had very, very little substantiation as fact. Cherry picking the studies, cherry, cherry picking, picking the influencing studies. points. It was, I mean, it was amazing when you read it and it's difficult to read that book and still come out of the other side thinking that fat is somehow bad for your, for your diet. And uh, so I think anyone that's interested in, in this, in this way of eating, it's not, I love Gary Tobbs. Gary Tobbs is a fantastic book. I or love Dr. Lustig's book. I love, you know, all of these fantastic books that have been put out on the, the, the uh, evils of sugar. Really it's the fat. It's the fat because I think people in some way, they get that that sugar and carbohydrates is somehow bad for you. Mm -hmm. Convincing them to start eating more saturated fat is usually where I go, where they go, oh, I don't, gosh, I don't know because my doctor keeps telling me, uh, you know, don't eat avocados and don't eat, you know, meat and red meat's bad. It's going to give you cancer. Yeah, and all I'm this. sorry. I mean, here's the thing. An avocado is technically a fruit, not a vegetable, right? And right. it's a, it's a beautiful, healthy, fat, rich, healthy, yeah. cholesterol rich fruit it's yep. mother nature not been bastardized not been remanufactured not been processed okay yep. 
It's literally a fat, rich piece of fruit right. with a seed in the middle of it. <laughs> and olives are, are probably in that same category. So, you know, yeah. you want to you eat these, these good, high-quality, high-fat vegetables, meat, you know, fat. Just eat fat. I well, mean, and let's be real, right? Let, let, let's, let's pause here on this point because a lot of people are like, man, how do I cut the sugar and the grains, like, how do I even begin, right? And they're kind of overwhelmed. A lot of people fail right. just because of being overwhelmed. They don't understand that it's literally the sugar is more addicting than cocaine. There's literally been yeah. studies trying to prove this. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, they don't know that, okay, if you try and go sugar-free, it's not easy, okay? Nope. Set realistic goals. Don't overwhelm it. Oh, and by the way, something as simple as this. Maybe you can't cut all the sugar out. But if you got enough fat in that meal, mm -hmm. the fat will help counteract the yeah. absorption rate of the sugar. And we'll use the hint from, oh, we'll go, I think Vinny might have brought this up once, uh, whole milk versus skim milk, right? If yeah. you strip all the fat out of the whole milk. All you're left with is sugar. What, and what kind of sugar? Lactose. Okay. So wait a minute. Lactose is sugar. Interesting. Yeah. And all these people who are still drinking milk as adults, which is, again, I grew up on a dairy farm. So my dad had a dairy farm. Like, don't right. go, I drank a lot of milk. I, mm -hmm. And granted, I, you know, technically you're not supposed to be, we talk about this now, you're not supposed to be drinking milk beyond four. Like, we're the only mammal on the planet that right. is still nursing, per se. <laughs> nursing, is, you know, as a, man, as a young adult mammal from the teat, but it's like, you know, out of a bottle or out of a carton, but it's like, guys, like you, you've matured enough. You're over four years old. Like, yeah, I shouldn't be drinking milk anymore. And that's coming from me, dude. Like I drank milk a long time until I got right. educated. I'm like, I don't need this. I don't, yeah. you don't, you don't need it, especially when you can add so many other things in your diet. Man. Yeah. So there's nothing that, there's nothing that milk provides that you can't get, uh, better other places. And I, and, um, you know, especially like calcium, everybody thinks mm -hmm. I drink calcium. I'd much rather you see you get calcium from spinach and kale. Or and broccoli. Broccoli. Apparently yeah. spinach and broccoli. Spinach. Hmm. Rich in calcium and protein. Yep. Oh, but the marketing of the milk campaign is, oh, rich in calcium and protein. Well, guys. Uh, and not just <laughs> not just that, but not just milk, but chocolate milk uh, in order to, uh, you know, to give you that hit of protein after you work out. You know, the the that, the that was a very athletic campaign over the past couple of years. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. You're literally Absolutely. trying to convince. And that was in men's health, women's yeah. health. And I've already ranted on past episodes. I and, and the, the, the headquarter company, the printing company that does those magazines is known as Rodale Press. Yep. Founded and headquartered 15 minutes from my house. I believe it. <laughs> so I I'm love I love their fan. I love their ability to influence health. I just yeah. wish that they would not give in to the money so easily, I guess. Yeah, like why chocolate milk? Why can't it just be regular whole fat milk? Like, no, why, man, you gotta throw that chocolate in there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> why can't we take that step? So here's the best part. Quick for you. When I was 15, I would ride my 10-speed bike. Uh, it's about a 10, 15-minute bike ride down the mountain to a nearby dairy farm. So when we moved to Pennsylvania, we only had a small farm. My dad wanted to still grow up around raising animals. I had a chicken coop. I sold my first entrepreneurial, if you want to call it a business, I was selling eggs on the side of the road, right? But right. I would ride down for my first side. I started working off the farm at 14, I'd ride my bike down to the big dairy farm and they were cool, man. They sold like the milk still in the glass bottles. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I found so old right now, but I'm like, I'm only 39. But anyway, the, the point I'm making is they made, they produced all their own milk, pasteurized it right there, bottled it right there, even had their own ice cream. 
So when it came time to run, they did chocolate and strawberry milk. I could tell you guys, we literally, I would throw 50 to 80 pound sacks of sugar onto my shoulder, mm-hmm. walk them up a metal grate stair, the sterilized stairs up to the sterilization tank, and pour those sacks of sugar into the tank. Yeah. 50 to 80 pound bags, multiple. Now, granted, I forget how big the tanks were. Who cares? Like, that's how much sugar was getting dumped in there. And we're not even talking about lactose sugar. This was the added sugar. And we weren't even a major manufacturing company type of... uh, We're not even at that level. This is just a local dairy farm selling milk to the local community. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. It's terrible that... that, uh, But uh, that's, you know, that's just... And that's where we're at. It's just so crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, we see the athletes agree with the chocolate milk. A friend of mine, she's a doctor. We did a triathlon. Well, my, not me. I'm working on the whole triathlon. I can't swim for crap. Uh, but my fiance and all a bunch of friends did a triathlon a few weeks ago. Afterwards, we're, she's at the, um, we're at the restaurant. I'm ordering burgers, right? I'm baking, no bread, you know. And she asks the waitress, she's like, hey, can I, do you guys make chocolate milk? And I just like snapped my head. I, I had to bite my tongue. And I just look at her, and I was like, what? And she's like, well, not really, but she's like, we got the chocolate syrup, and we have the milk for the kids. Yeah, I can make you one. She's like, oh, that'd be so good. And she's an Ironman. Like, she just, she's already done two Ironmans, but they're, they're still in the gel world. I used to be yeah. the whole tear the tongue, oh, squirt the gel. I, I've run half marathons and marathons. You and I talked about this on your show about endurance yeah. sports. We'll have to phase into that before the show's out because I know you want to get a taste of that. And I was like... Dude, that's only because you're, all, you're you've come down off the sugar high, yep. and you love how you feel when you drink the chocolate milk after the after the race because you're it's a giant sugar spike. That's all it is. Like when you feel good, it's because you're still on the sugar train. Mm-hmm. I'd rather well, eat an avocado. <laughs> uh, you talk about feeling good. You know, it's one of the things that that came out. I was just reading Lear Keith's book, uh, The Vegetarian Myth. It's just a fantastic book. crazy crazy book and one of the things that she one of the points that she makes in there is that grains uh sugar too but grains especially uh they give you an opioid hit mm-hmm. so um you you feel good after you eat grains and this is why grains took over our uh, our food supply he said you know if you're an if you're an archaeologist you can uh oh, sorry my screensaver just came on you can look and see uh what food uh and ancient people ate just by um just by looking at their skeletons because once agriculture was was uh introduced into the system people got shorter they started having dental cavities they started having all these problems with their with their uh with their bodies because of the food that they ate especially i don't know if you ever heard dr gerber uh give his lecture on uh on uh the ancient Egyptians, because it was a grain-based. No, I've I've seen a couple of blogs on it, but I've never actually heard the full-blown lecture. I, I feel like I'm missing Fantastic. out. <laughs> yeah, so so you know, uh, the Egyptians were a grain-based society, and yes. they were having heart attacks. You know, they were having dental cavities. They were, you know, all this all this crazy. Stuff. Well, because people don't realize that sugar, once it's processed in your body, and your body can process grains, it's it is harder for your body to process. And people people think meat's harder to process, but anyway, it's the not. point is, once it's processed, it is transferred or converted into simple sugars. Uh-huh. 
Yep. And, and that opioid hit is how grains took over the world. Um, even though it, and it was a trade that we made uh, to eat more grains, even though it affected our health in, in negative ways, even though uh, it wasn't as healthy for the environment, um, you know, even though when you do a huge monocrop field, you, uh, you destroy, you know, the, all, all, everything else that was in that field, all that vegetation, all that life, and then your topsoil quickly goes away. She makes the point that that's why, you know, the Middle East is just a barren desert. Uh, it's True. not because of the culture. They didn't know, know about crop rotation back then. Yeah. They just, they yeah. over-farmed their land and all their topsoil went away, and now it's just a desert, even though it was at one point, you know, the cradle of civilization, the most fertile, the fertile crescent, you know, the most. At one time, sure, yeah. sure. Now they've, they've ruined it. Um, they ruined it with agriculture because they didn't understand what was going on. Well, let's and- let's think back. I mean, we we hinted at earlier in the show, right? The droughts, mm-hmm. yeah. the Great Depression, um, that period when you know the dust, the, bowl. The, the dust bowl exactly. Yeah. Well, let's think about that. We were over farming. Yep. We had we had raped the soils. Absolutely. So, and Mother Nature's response was boom, a drought. Yep. And, and the you know dust the- storms. The, the biggest export that America has is our topsoil. It just blows away and goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a problem at some point. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a problem now. But, you know, we've really gotten off the subject here. Let me, I wanted to go back yeah, and, yeah, yeah, no. and uh, just kind of run I knew you and I would get passionate about this stuff. Let's be real. I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we're, I mean, we're I, a little I fired love... up about it. You lost, you lost half your body, right? You've, right. you've, you've restored yourself to you a closer to a natural body and i hate to use this term natural i'm not, i can't i can't use bmi bmi is an outdated terminology because Absolutely. we we literally today had a had my annual charity workout that's why i'm wearing hot shots 19 uh for the fallen 19 wildland firefighters who died a couple of years ago that i knew out west and uh the owner of the gym we were joking around about how if he goes to his doctor he's considered by the insurance company overweight because he's this ball of muscle and because according to BMI standards, you know, you're not healthy and his cholesterol levels are a little high because he's eating, you know, healthy meats and grass fed and, and fats and everything else. I'm like, well, that's because I don't care what they say. I was like, that's exactly. I was like, you and I are the same. But yet he and I are are kicking ass, taking names, doing these crazy endurance workouts like today's is a long workout. And it's like, OK, well, if we're so unhealthy, why are we why are we able to do everything we do and why do we look the way we do? Right. Hmm. Exactly. It's because the numbers are wrong. Exactly. They're based on they're based on wrong information. Yeah. You can't as an endurance athlete, you can't fuel yourself off of sugar forever. You need a long burning energy source like healthy yep. fats as you referred to earlier, olives, olive oil. We talked about avocados. It's if you can convert like that's why I'm so passionate to talk to you because me, I didn't need to lose half my body. Right. I'm looking to fuel and and improve my efficiency as a ketogenic athlete, which is becoming more fat adapted yep. to have that longer burning, more efficient energy versus these crazy high and low spikes you get from the sugar life. Yep. Absolutely. And that's what you need. So when you're, when you're, your needs are a little bit different when you're a, uh, an athlete like you are. Um, I was, I was never concerned with running a marathon. I just wanted to lose some weight. Yeah. Um, so, but the principles are the same. The principles are your body, once you remove the sugar, your body has to consume fat in order to, you know, fuel itself. So you can either eat that fat or you can allow your body to consume the fat that you already have around your midsection. But, you know, once you, once you take the glucose out of the system, 
it's got to eat fat. There's, that's the only other source. I mean, it's the only other energy source. Well, then the other piece of that is like, have you uh, read uh, the uh, the Secret Life of Fat by Dr. Sylvia Terra? It is on my list. I haven't read it. I have had her on the show. So, um, and and she was powerful. I mean, it's like people don't realize that your fat cells, because I I, I do, I do regular uh, fasting, not just intermittent, but like full blown, like 24, 48 hour fast, no more than 48 hours. That's bad. Um, uh, And I, I do cleanses and cellular level detoxification because people don't realize that your fat cells are programmed or can program themselves to protect you. So yep. if you are consuming excess toxins, which we all are, unfortunately, it's in our water, it's in our air. A lot of Diet happening. Coke. I drink a lot of Diet Coke, and right was, or that. Yeah, you're yeah. literally you are literally injecting toxins in your body, exactly. uh, or excess That's sugar. You're you eventually wear down your body's immune system. You wear down your body's uh, ability to filter the toxicity out. Like your liver yeah. is overtaxed, your gallbladder is overtaxed, and then eventually your body's like, wait a minute, I've got fat cells. My fat cells are designed to protect me, so I'm going to pull that stuff out of the bloodstream. Yeah. So now instead of your fat just being a reserve fuel, it's actually a storage center of toxicity mm-hmm. and inflammation. Yeah. And that is the type of inflammation that eventually collects not just surface level under your skin, but around your organs, which is called mm-hmm. visceral fat. Yep. The visceral fat is the killer. That's the stuff you, you don't want that stuff to collect around your organs. And I know there's different colors. I'm just blanking on the skin level uh, fat is a different color than the visceral fat around the organs. White and the brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah the exactly. whole white and brown and yellow. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know where I'm going with all this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you've been geeking out about it too. Because you literally probably had both colors. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if people did a scan of your body, you probably had some serious density around your organs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when you're 400 pounds, you can't help it. Um, and I do, I do need to say that, that what you're saying about toxicity is correct. One of the things that uh, I learned early on, and I thank God for it, because we didn't know this because my wife lost weight before I did. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know this little piece of this little nugget of information when she did it. And she actually had some health problems because of it. But when you're losing weight, you want to consume more cilantro and parsley. Uh, because cilantro and parsley are a natural detoxifying agent, mm-hmm. um, and so it helps your body get rid of these of these toxins. It's just it's liver supported, you know. It helps it helps do that. When my wife lost her weight, she started having some really strange pains and sores and and some just some discomfort in a couple different places. And I really believe it was because we did not take the necessary steps to make sure that we were detoxifying her as she was losing weight. Yes. Because as you're losing weight, you're not just releasing fat in your bloodstream. You're also releasing those toxins back in. That was part of my point. I'm glad you know this. This is awesome. Yeah. So you, uh, so uh, eating more uh, cilantro, like if you could do a smoothie and just throw like a handful of cilantro in or something that helps support your immune system and it helps detoxify your, uh, your system to get uh, to get more of those things out. Yeah, you see, now I've never even used that. I have I have a whole program that I've been following since I was after my first year of firefighting. I got into detoxification and, and cleansing using the systems from uh, a company that I I work with called Isogenics. So I had never even learned about cleansing until I found them and took a, bo- a class on toxicology of the body. And then I met one of the instructors who also happened to use that in their program. And I'm like, oh, I'll try it. And I was, you know, I was a wildland firefighter. It's not like I was out of shape, but the thing for me was I just finished six months, my first year, rookie year doing wildland firefighting. 
and my body was just beat to snot. I mean, there was just my energy levels were in the tank. I had nothing at the gym, and it, this is like a month or two after the fire season was done. I was just I had no idea about accumulated exhaustion and from breathing the smoke and the crappy food that the government fed us at the fire camps and yeah. the excess grain take and like we were we were every single fire lunch had two Cliff Bars in it. I mean. Yeah. Holy crap. I had no idea what I had done to myself. So I did the detox detoxification process following their nutritional cleansing just to try and reboot my body. Yeah. And that's what I did. Like literally within 30 days, I was like, oh my God. Now granted, like as you hinted at, it also triggers and aids in body transformation. Yeah. And if people are looking for weight loss, like I wasn't trying to lose weight. I admittedly, I dropped... It was seven inches and seven pounds, so I didn't need to lose a lot of weight. Okay. But the biggest thing for me was I, I measure, they have you measure all over your body. Right. So in 30 days, I had dropped seven inches over my whole body. So that was like, whoa, I didn't know I had seven inches to shrink up, but that's how right. much inflammatory yep. space, space, not weight, space I had taken mm -hmm. on. Now, granted, seven to seven was my ratio. I did drop seven pounds, but I don't like focusing on weight. A gentleman right. like yourself, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, where you were and where you are now, seeing those numbers, that's significant. Yeah. But when I work with people that don't have that big of an amazing transformation to do what you have achieved, yeah. I try and get people away from the scale. I'm like, guys, like initially, yeah, first month, you can back this up. Yeah. When you start making major changes, you're going to see major shifts right away. Yeah. But then your body has to start recalibrating and learning Every time, like, I, th I think it's on average for me, I've noticed about every 60 to 90 days of work, your body starts reprogramming itself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people get frustrated because they hit a plateau. And I'm like, guys, like, your body just needs to catch up. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I am 50 pounds less. I'm a different person. So now your hormone levels are recalibrating. Yeah. Everything's happening. You're absolutely right. You probably went through this multiple times, you, you know, dropping 200 yeah, pounds. Yeah, almost every 10 pounds, you know, you had to, you had to kind of. Oh, wow, uh, you noticed it that much. Yeah, because um, okay. that because I was losing ten pounds about every two to three months, hmm. so it was, it was about that often. And so yeah, plateaus are initial in in the keto world we call it the whoosh effect. Um, and it, what <laughs> the happens? Whoosh? Is you, you I like plateau that. for a week or two, you know, while while your body does some work, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you'll be five pounds lighter than you were the the night before. Okay. Happens. It happens in huge jumps when you're morbidly obese. Obviously, if you're your side, you, you never see that. But when you're morbidly obese, the 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 weight tends to come off in in bunches. So you'll you'll be static for however long, and then all of a sudden you'll be uh, you'll be three or four uh, you'll be three or four pounds lighter the next day, and then and then you'll start seeing pretty pretty uh, consistent weight loss. And then all of a sudden you'll stop again, and then that's the, that'll be like the next whoosh effect. So, so what I'm hearing from you is, as I've already hinted at, there is a, a little bit of learning the psychology of the process, which is patience. There's a huge psychology to it. There's a huge psychology to it, and um, the, uh, the the mental aspect of losing weight is something that I don't think a lot of people really deal with or are ready for. Uh, because you've got to, you've got to be mentally strong to lose 200, 200 pounds because you're in for such a long journey. It's not, you know, the typical diet is, you know, a week and, and, uh, you're, you know, 30 days or something like that. And, uh, that's yeah, you're not focusing like, on the short term wins in the beginning, right? Yeah. You, Everybody wants gotta, everything now. <laughs> you've got to make, these are lifestyle changes when you're, if you're morbidly obese and you've, you're ready to make a, uh, a change, it's gotta be a lifestyle change. You've got to, uh, be ready to uh to do some uh 
some some things. Now I have to say, you're on my uh, sugar guides. Info. Yeah, I see. The, I remember seeing flushed a boat earlier, so I was trying to find my way back there. I'm sharing it for the video feed for you guys. But again, we're on mysugarfreejourney.com. But he's got these sugar guides, and I remember when he said the word flush, I just remember seeing an article you had posted about flush the boat. No, that's actually an ad. Oh, that's an ad. The, oh, that's yeah, funny. The, yeah. <laughs> but um, this this was actually one of the first things that I wrote when I was first starting off and trying to figure out what it was I wanted to do. So these are not good sugars; these are sugars with no fructose in it. Okay, uh, and I should probably go back in and, and change that. But uh, I just I I have never done it because uh, you know way back, yeah. Yeah, because my my first this website was really for me just a repository of things that I was learning. Yeah, and at the beginning it was it was I was just not eating sugar. Um, how, how far it, back does this one go? Is there a date this, on this one? No, that's probably four years ago. Oh wow, wow. So yeah, this is what you've you've learned a lot since then. Yeah. So um, yeah, three three or four years ago. So um, the um, um. Yeah, 2016, the last few comments on there from other people yeah. like finding and, it. And nobody read my site the first two years that I that I wrote it. So <laughs> it takes time for Google to find everything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's fine. But I wasn't doing anything. You know, when I was writing, when I wrote that, I was probably four hundred pounds. You know, who cares what a four hundred pound guy has to say has to say about weight loss? Um, but um the um oh I, I forgot what I was saying. But anyway, um the uh, that was my journey is you, 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 I first I didn't eat sugar. Then I didn't eat sugars and grains. And then I, um, didn't eat, uh, or I kind of slid into a ketogenic diet. And then now I do ketogenic diets with more, um, uh, with more, uh, intermittent fasting. Yeah. And I see that on your site, you obviously are starting to share some of the plans that you've actually put together or worked with or learned about ketogenic meal planning, things of that nature. Yeah, so I have a program. You're, you're showing it now. Um, if you go to mysugarfreejourney.com/slash/28day, you can go there. And um, because as I as I got into it further, and I wanted to help more people lose weight, mm -hmm. I I started kind of figuring out what it was that helped me lose weight. And um, number one, someone telling me what to eat helped me lose weight. Number two, uh, someone teaching me because oh gosh, books and podcasts were so instrumental in me in me. Uh, well, you, you had to put in the reps. That was part of this. You guys, you and I talked a little bit about on your show, but we talked about the whole, you have to get into an endurance game plan. Like yeah. it's like, okay yeah. guys, like it's not just the quickie. Oh, I'm going to change my meals for 30 days. Like, no, yeah. what are you going to do to lay the groundwork for the yeah. mindset development and that endurance that you need to transform a 200 pound transformation? This is not an overnight thing. This is two, three years of work. You got to put in the reps. You got to start listening to podcasts and reading books and listening to books. Exactly. That's what I'm getting from you. So I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to create a community where I could give people com a community. I could give people education and I could tell people what to eat. And that's what you're looking at now, this 28 day ketogenic meal plan and training course. What this is, is people sign up for this and it's dirt cheap. It's 20 bucks for the first month and then $15 a month uh, after that. Mm. And what this does is it sends you every week a ketogenic meal plan uh, with a shopping list. So you know exactly what it is that you want to eat. Uh, and what to shop for and all that good stuff. And then, um, and then it puts you in a community of a, about a thousand other people who are doing the same thing you're doing, changing the way that they eat, changing, you know, the, the way that their body feels. Um, and then, uh, it also, uh, I have a, uh, a training video every night. Um, so for 28 days of the month, I take the last two days off. 
uh, I get on there and it's a YouTube or it's a, it's a Facebook live video. I get on, answer questions and teach one specific thing about the ketogenic diet and uh, kind of just kind of walk you through, encourage you everything that, that you need to know. And this has been hugely successful with people who just could not figure out how to lose weight because when you do it in community, when you have a bunch of people by your side doing it with you, it makes all the difference in the world. It's community is key. I, I'm yeah. glad you're bringing that up. I mean, I kind of hinted at it earlier. This whole again, the shirt that I'm wearing here today, Hot Shots 19. Like, mm -hmm. it's it, I find it valuable in really anything. Like this today, we had athletes showing up from three different CrossFit gyms here in our community, right? So it wasn't just about That's that amazing. one gym that I had hosted. It's like, hey, I put it out there all over social media. There's photos and videos on my feed, but it's like, it's it's a community thing. Everybody's there cheering each other on, supporting each other. It's a long workout. Yeah, That's kind of what you're hinting at here. It's like, guys, like you don't have to do it alone. Even if right. you are, let's say, in the backwoods of Louisiana, I mean... Go to the local library, use their free internet Wi-Fi, and hop on once in a while and pop into a community like this and Absolutely. get the support you need. That was something uh, <clears throat> I learned at a church years ago that was so powerful. And one of the things the pastor said is that the, the, important things, the important things in life happen in community. And um, that was such a powerful little truth that, that uh, has, has really stuck with me over the years is that uh, if you're trying to go at it alone, if, you're, if you have a massive amount of of weight to lose and you're trying to go at it alone, the chances are you're going to fail. Um, we, because there's a gravity to old habits uh, mm -hmm. that kind of suck you back into your old way of eating. Uh, there's a gentleman in our room right now that um, when he, he's very, he's about 65 years old. He's very, very obese. He has all kinds of metabolic issues, type two diabetic. He's got an A1C is crazy like 11. And when his wife uh, is late getting home, um, he's not to the point yet where he will either just not eat or, um, uh, eat, uh, cook for himself. He'll just grab some crappy food and, and, uh, you know, and eat to tide himself over because he's not, he's not quite there yet where he needs to be. He's lost yeah. weight. He's seen some benefit from it, but he's, he's, uh, he's not where he needs to be, where he's really totally committed. It's, it's not easy. I mean, he's, <laughs> it, is. it sounds like he's basically at that tug of war where I want to be there with my wife, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm yeah. not, I pardon the blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I no, get it. I get it. People get love it. each other, but it's like, if you truly love each other, mm -hmm. somebody's got to take a stand. Okay. Yeah. Cause in the end, she doesn't want to lose you. You don't yeah. want to lose her. So one of you has got to become the strong partner. And that's one of the things my wife said um, years ago. She said, you know, I wish you loved me and, and your kid uh, and our kid, I guess, um, enough to, to lose this weight. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, I do. But, I, you know, I just at the, at the time, I didn't know how to do it. And uh, I didn't know what to what to do to do it. So it's yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I get that, that thing. And sometimes it's not just the, the emotion of love, you know, sometimes it's just education. People just don't know what to do in order to lose weight because we've gotten such bad information. I mean, how many times have you heard, or well, you've never been really big. So let me just tell you, as a 400 pound person, yeah. hear all kinds of crazy weight loss advice. You know, you should juice, you should do this cabbage soup diet. You should oh yeah, everybody's, everybody's got advice. Everybody. Yeah, so, and uh, <laughs> you don't know what works. You don't know. No. I mean, no, no. It's just, I mean, I and I'm not going to try and relate to you because I respect where you've come from, and it is true. The the not just the advice, but the criticism, is at a whole different level. I mean, let's be real. There's some rampant depression in 
people's situations similar to what you have gone through. I mean, yeah. for all I know, you probably also went through a period of some of that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm all about being transparent in life. And that's why I tell people, like, guys, like, even if you're fit, you're still going through some of that. It's just different. Uh, I, I bring on a sports psychologist all the time, and she talks about how depression is rampant in the athletic world because they're constantly holding themselves to somebody else's standards or that other athlete on Instagram or just to your point, everybody's got advice, right? You're at the gym. Everybody seems to have read the next best article, the next best uh, diet, mm-hmm. the next best supplement. So maybe this will work. Yeah. It's like, you should try this. You should try this. Yeah. So it's like, everybody's being bombarded in life right. in general. It's up to you to just say, thank you. I'll, I'll right. think about it. But then, all right, thank you. But in, in your head, you're like, okay, dude, thank you. But I mean, yeah. you're not who I'm going to research. <laughs> right. And that's the hard part is sifting through all this, this bad information. And, you know, I thank God that I found, uh, that I found someone like Vinny, uh, because I could have, you know, I think back to those early days when I was just trying to figure things out, I could have very easily found some vegan blogger, you know, True. and, uh, and you might've lost the weight in the beginning. Yeah, but you and probably would have put it back on. Yeah, and and I would have gotten a lot sicker. You know, your 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 body doesn't do well without fat. Um, and the stories of ex vegans that I've heard who just their 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 whole body fell apart because yeah. they they weren't nourishing their body the way it needs to. Uh, it's terrible. And when you're morbidly obese, you switch to veganism, you start losing weight, and your body breaks down because you've correlated. Sorry, because you've correlated losing weight with getting healthy so closely. Hmm. You it's so difficult to make that mental leap to yes, I am losing weight, but I am not getting healthier, and it's difficult to make that change and make difficult to make that switch. And I feel for people who do, who do stuff like that uh, because I you know, like I said, I've talked to ex vegans a lot. I you know I heard their stories and I know what they went through when they're trying to make good, healthy decisions. And veganism is basically a, it's more religion than it is diet. I mean, you, you're trying to save the world. Well, what I'm excited for you is that you've done a pat, a massive transformation. You're still working on yourself. Right. Um, so I think for our listeners guys is this, like we talk a lot about mindset on this show. And again, Aaron, you you and I talked about you wanting to get into uh, endurance more. And maybe we didn't really talk a ton about the endurance mindset today. So feel free. We can always set up a follow-up episode. We'll come back on and just purposely dig into that element for your benefit. Um, Or I'll come on your show and we'll do it there. I don't care. It's all about whether it's my audience, your audience, I got your back because I love what you've done. And I can clearly say that a gentleman who has done the transformation you have had and has chosen to own it, launch a podcast show, launch a blog like My Sugar Free Journey, that shows you see the bigger picture. It's not just about you. It's like, yeah. hey, man, I, th- I'm putting in the reps, okay? Yeah, I'm in this to help people. Yeah, and because Absolutely. you had to help yourself first. Yep. And you've learned some of the wrong things and the right things to do. And you can at least relate to people. And that's a piece that I think you've had to realize that I think I will resort back to the endurance mindset piece is that I think you got more of an endurance mindset these days than you had in the past, right? You've realized, well, wow, sure. it took two or three years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, you know, this was this has been the most difficult thing I've ever accomplished, and you know, it's 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 been the longest thing I've ever stuck to probably in my life, besides my marriage. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there there is something to that. Now it's just a matter of you know, picking the next goal and and moving towards it. Yeah. Well, and and, and so for for our listeners benefit and because I have another show coming up and we're we're coming up on an hour here so oh, I want to yeah. make sure that if if 
if we need to trip the trigger and flip into a different theme, let's set up an appointment. Let's do another episode and let's okay. go on a different wavelength. It'll benefit you because I want sure. to help you any way I can. I know Vinny's been a powerful influence on yourself and myself. Sure. Let's be real. Yeah. You and yeah. I have two different lifestyles, but yeah. we have a lot in common. We're both learning to master the ketogenic lifestyle. We're right. living in that paleolithic or that, that keto, the keto ish. And people are like, what's keto? What's ketosis? What's ketogenic? If it's paleo, it's paleolithic, whatever guys, the point we're talking about here, big picture is healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Don't eat sugars and grains and eat yeah. more healthy fats. That's, that's really it. And it's, I mean, I know that sounds really <laughs> casual the way you just said it, but guys, it's a starting point. Yeah. Okay. You, we can, we, him and I, he's brought up so many books today. I brought up a few books. There's plenty of authors. The yeah. difference is I think for, and, and I'll let you step in on this too, but I was like, you know, you got to take action. You got to own it. And that's the part of that endurance mindset is the sooner you guys, I'm talking to the listeners right now, the sooner you accept accountability. And I know it's hard. I'm not saying this is easy, but we have to be personally and then as, a, as in our relationship, in our marriage or our friends or our family, be collectively accountable for our, the expected results we're about to attain. If you don't start being accountable and own, and I'm going to say it this way, you got to own your shit. Okay, guys, step up and own it. And that's what I've learned from you. You've had, I think, I'm sure you've probably had a few points in your life where it's like, man, I got to own this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I, when I hit 300 pounds, I kind of sat there for a while because I was so happy with losing 100 pounds that uh, it took it took another set of, of um, mindset issues to get down to under 200 pounds. It was it was like it was like starting over from from square one because well, I had you had to level up. Yeah, I had to, I had 300 in in my head as a as a goal. And then when I hit it, I, I needed to, I needed to set new goals. And I needed to keep going. Well, think about it this way. Think about like a power curve, right? As you're yeah. dropping the weight, so you have a power curve going down, but right. you need the opposite power curve going up, which is the energy, the mindset. It's yeah. like, oh man, another new notch. That means I got to kick that upswing yeah. on the mindset and the energy at another notch. Okay. Absolutely. I'm reaching a new chapter. All right. If I'm going to keep pushing these curves further away from each other. And again, guys, I'm talking on video right now. So I just, I'm an animated person, but <laughs> I want you to think about like going back to high school and think about bar graphs and like yeah. one's going one way, one's going the other way. And you mm -hmm. got to keep them both moving away from yep. each other further and further, higher mindset, lower weight or lower inches. As I hinted at earlier, that's what I'm getting from you right now too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. it. That's the stuff. Well, listen, Aaron, I want to give you a proper goodbye here, but uh, as we close out the show and I don't know how many episodes of my show you've listened to, but we give the co-host the final word of the show. You've shared so much truth, so much honesty about your journey today. I want my listeners to make sure they go visit my sugarfreejourney.com because mm -hmm. I, you guys need to see the before and after, man. This guy's literally half the man he was and he's still going. So, is there anything powerful you want to leave behind for our listeners, sir? I mean, is it something that maybe you've learned along this entire journey, like the big picture, like why you're doing all this, where you're yeah. going to go next, like what kind of things, what, what would you like to close out with? Well, I want to talk specifically to someone who's listening to the show that is morbidly obese. Uh, you've got a hundred plus pounds to lose and you're not sure if you can do it. Uh, so to you specifically, I just want to say that it's possible that you're not a slave to your genetics. You're not a slave to your environment. You're not a slave to your, to your family. Uh, cause you know, I deal with, you know, with kids that are trying to lose weight, um, you know, 
15, 16, 17 years old, their whole family still eats like crap. They're trying to make, you know, good changes. You're not a slave to any of that stuff. You can break free and you can get out of all of all of that. Um, it's just going to have to take a, uh, you're, you're just going to have to commit yourself to it and then follow through with that commitment. Uh, but you can absolutely, absolutely 100% do it and see some amazing results. Uh, you don't have to go full ketogenic like I did. Uh, you can take uh, that, that first step of just not allowing any sugar in your diet, no high fructose corn syrup, no grains, uh, anything that your body can quickly convert to, convert to sugar. Just start pulling those things out of your diet and watch what happens to your body. And then, uh, and then you know, come find me. Come over to mysugarfreejourney.com. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know what I can help you with. And uh, man, let me, you know, if, if I can help you, I will definitely help you. Um, if you'd like to join our community, over at mysugarfreejourney.com slash 28 day. Every night I'm, I'm there with a, with a uh, live video. I answer all your questions. You, there's no shortage of, of support that you would need. I love to help people through the process. I love to help you get everything that you need in order to be totally successful with your own personal weight loss. That's it. Well, Aaron, thank you, sir. And like I said, hang tight. I'll give you a proper goodbye. But to our listeners, guys, Dude, some powerful words were just dropped on you. This was a powerful episode as well. But if I could shorten up what he just said that I, I took away from this is like, do not give into that slavery mindset. Yes. Okay. The only slavery I want to hear out of you guys is that you're becoming a slave to positive mindset, to yes. life-changing mindset, to getting to that next level of whether it be ketogenic or NSG or whatever else you're going to learn next. But it's like, guys, don't give into the negative, the negativity of the slavery mindset. Okay. Absolutely. Own your transformation. Break those chains. There we go. So again, to our listeners, guys, that is another Live the Fuel episode. Aaron Farmer dropped some serious bombs today. Make sure you check them out at mysugarfreejourney.com. This is what we're all about. So again, guys, keep living a fired up epic life, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel fans. Quick commercial break. Uh, before we close out the episode, just wanted to give you some extra tips and tricks before we send you on your way. So again, thank you again for listening to the Live the Fuel show. I hope you got a lot out of this recent episode. Uh, more importantly, please subscribe to this show if you haven't subscribed yet. Stay in touch. Get me some feedback. Submit a review on iTunes or Stitcher and get us yet the voice of you, the listener, so we can build this content back into the show and make sure that I'm actually taking you, the listener, into this uh, design and future future as Live the Fuel grows. So again, subscribe, submit a review, stay in touch. Heck, on that point, go visit livethefueltank.com. Livethefueltank.com. That will take you to the link to our private Facebook group community where you can join and I can stay more in touch with you going forward outside of the podcast world. All right, last quick little piece here for you guys, some extra value. One, Go to livethefuel.com main page. You'll see on there we have our free resources guide. If you are looking for free content and not having to pay for it, consider getting on my email list. You click on the button, send me my copy, get your Super 7s resources guide. There's over 21 of my favorite online resources that I built into this little uh, electronic guide for you guys. There's no cost. It'll just be emailed to you just by hopping on my email. Again, just thank you for listening. I want to give you some value. Uh, second piece of my little extra nuggets of knowledge, if you want to call it this, is go to the resources section on the site. In there, I have three columns, health, business, lifestyle. And two, right off the bat that I want to make sure you guys are taking advantage of is number one, eatpillynuts.com. And number two, 
villacapelli.com. Their logos are on the site. You got a big bowl of nuts there, and you got a cool big V Power V logo. Both of those, if you use the discount code FUEL, F U E L, you will get 10% off at checkout. So take advantage of that, please, and thank you. And more importantly, there's other companies linked on there. Uh, my nutritional and health alignment with Isogenics since 2010, uh, the Pure Vitamin Club company for their kick ass magnesium B12 and an awesome multi cap. There's some additional business resources on there. Number one, Singularis IT. I go mountain biking and road cycling with the founder. This is a legitimate IT company. I don't care where you are in the world, you can use their services. We're talking about serious white glove level services. I've moved all of my IT solutions over to them and I outsource them regularly for any future and onboarding clients down the road. And lastly, but not leastly, David Studio. If you have no clue who this guy is, guess what? He is my new audio engineer. This is the guy I've been having making it happen behind the scenes. I found him through the Fiverr world. So if you search for David, D-A-V-I-D, studio on Fiverr, you can track this guy down. But guess what? He's also on the Upwork platform. He's on the People Per Hour platform. You can search for him through his real name. I've never literally physically met this guy or talked to him in person. We have been just met through the online world. But if you search for E-M-I-N, that's I believe pronounced Emin, and uh, Fikik, which is F as in Frank, I-K-I-C, you can search for him in Upwork people per hour or more importantly just go to fiverr like i did but if you are a podcaster or somebody just looking to get quality audio engineering this is your guy so again guys i'll let you get back to your day thanks again for listening to live the fuel we'll talk to you guys again soon thank you for listening to live the fuel visit us at livethefuel.com stay connected on facebook twitter instagram and more at live the fuel live the fired up epic life hashtag live the fuel